0: Yes, God, yes, God. First Corinthians. First, First Corinthians chapter twelve. First Corinthians chapter twelve. We begin our reading at verse twenty-eight. These are the words you find there. And God hath set some in the church. First apostles, secondarily prophets. Thirdly teachers. After that miracles and gifts of healing, helps, govern governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way, Amen. All right. It's all right to want the gifts. All right to want the best gifts. But let me show you something better. Show you a more excellent way. And that's what I want to talk about. A more excellent way. Again, we join the Apostle Paul. And as we are joined, as we join the apostle today, we find him attempting to straighten out a conflict in the church at Corinth. Let me see it so we can understand it. There's a mess in the church. And Paul is writing a letter to try to straighten out a mess they got going. In the church at Corinth. But before we get to the letter, we need to take a look at this city called Corinth. At that that place, we we need to look at Corinth. We need to understand the kind of people who lived in Corinth. Corinth. Corinth, once, once we can get an idea, once we can get an idea of, uh, of the city of Corinth, and, and we, then we can sort of get an understanding of why Paul has to deal with them like he deals with them. It'll help us understand, yes, if we know the kind of people he's working with, why it was necessary to write this letter to them in the first place. Look at Corinth. During this, during Paul's time in Corinth, his time there in Corinth, he 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 ended up there in Corinth, and and at that time, Corinth was the going city. It was it was the place where everybody wanted to be. It, it was one of the most important cities in Greece, and and it was the center of worldwide commerce. It was the New York City of that time. It was where they had it going on. It was where anybody that was anybody or that wanted to be anybody was striving to get to Corinth because it was the center of worldwide commerce. And for the most part, the people who were there were greedy. They were looking for wealth. They were looking how to get up the ladder. They they, they were looking at how, and it was sort of a dog-eat-dog kind of a place where where everybody was just trying to do for themselves and get up the ladder. The ladder. And, 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 And because of this, because of this, that greed and their wealth and this desire, it was leading the city to a derated culture. And not only was there a degraded culture, it also sold out to idol worship or whatever it would take to get to the top. In other words, in other words, Corinth was not the kind of place you would want to plan your family vacation. It was a rough, wild, and rowdy place. It was a place where every time you heard the news, somebody got killed the night before. It was a place where there was no respect for the property of the, of the folk, where they had home invasions and stuff. It was a place where sexual sins were the norm. And I hear you, I hear you, I hear you out there. you saying, that could be my town? <laughs> I hear you, I know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, but that was the kind of place. That was where we are talking about. Yet in the midst of all of this, in the midst of all of this, Paul, while he was there on his second missionary journey, while Paul was there, Paul thought that this would be a good place for a church. Are y'all hearing me? Somebody, somebody sitting here thinking right now, why in the world would anybody want to establish a church in a place like that? But I say to you, what better place? What better place to establish a church than a place like that? Sometimes we get it confused. Sometimes in our minds we 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 get the wrong idea about the church. That was a company, a company once that sent two representatives out to a small place in Africa. It was a shoe company where they made shoes and they sent. They two representatives to this place, small village, check it out, see about the possibility of a market. And one of the representatives wrote back and says, We are wasting our time here. Nobody here wears shoes. The other one wrote back a note and says, Send all the shoes you can because nobody here has shoes. <laughs> are y'all hearing this? Looking at the same situation looking at the same... Are y'all hearing me? Yeah, they both see the same thing, but one accepts it as it is, and the other has a vision of what it can be. Are y'all seeing that? Paul saw a vision of what it could be. He, he, He saw what it was, But he also was able to look beyond what they were and see what it could be. Paul saw what this city could become with God's help through the saving power of Jesus Christ. So Paul says, here is a good place. Here is a good place for a church. Paul founded that church. He founded that church and... Stayed there with it for 18 months, almost two years. He stayed there teaching and nurturing there in that place. Stayed there for almost two years. But, but it wasn't long after he left. He, he left and, and started. He's he now in Ephesus and he, he's receiving word. He's getting word that that church that he left over there in Corinth, the one that he stayed there and nurtured for two years, Now he's getting word that they're having some serious problems over there in the church at Corinth. Paul, as long as you were there, it seemed like they were doing all right. But after you left, it seemed like the church began to fall apart. So rather than to go back to Corinth, rather than to return to Corinth, he wrote a letter. And that letter is what we're reading here. We know it 1 Corinthians. He writes this letter to give information to help the church get back on the right kind of footing. This letter, the letter reveals to us that the Corinthian church, instead of maturing in this period, instead of growing, they had developed a remarkable number of serious problems. Look at the problems in the church. There were divisions in the church. There was abuse of the sacraments. The the disorder. There was disorder during worship time. There was theological problems and and, and there was extreme moral laxity. According to the report, according to the report he received, the church was being torn apart. And it was being torn apart, not from the outside, but internal. Internal divisions. And, And as a result, Some in the congregation, there were some people in the congregation doing this turmoil, there were some in the church, in the congregation who thought themselves more spiritual and thought that they were more knowledgeable than their fellow believers and because they felt like they were more spiritual and more knowledgeable. You got to understand the world they came out of. You see, the church is made up of the community that it comes out of. And then the community they came out of was dog-eat-dog. Somebody had to be on top, somebody had to be on the bottom. They're trying to bring that into the church. So now there's a need and they're trying to figure out who's the most holy, who's most spiritual, who's got more knowledge of of the word of God. The controversy really arose and really the truth behind the whole thing It arose out of the fact that everybody wanted to feel needed in this church. It really arose out of the fact that everybody wanted to feel needed. Nobody wanted to be left out. This is a new movement, this new church movement. And so people were becoming possessive. Everybody wanted to to be a part. They wanted to be in the midst of, all. so you start developing attitudes like that's my job. Start developing attitudes like that's my place or my position. Start to let even even that's my song. Y'all hear me? Start developing this possessive kind of thing so that you can be significant in the church. They they were new converts and. They were learning the practices of Christianity faster than they were learning the principles. Write that down. It's easier to learn the practices than it is to learn the principles. And there's always a danger when you learn the practices quicker than you learn the principles. See, yeah, You see, here it is. You can learn to quote scripture faster than you can learn to live by. Are y'all hearing me? You you learn practice quicker than you learn It's easier to learn to sing amazing grace than it is to let grace abound in your life. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it's easier to talk about faith than it is to walk by faith. And that's what was going on. They were learning to practice it. But they were not necessarily learning the principles of it. And that's where this new church was. That's where they were. They were learning about spiritual giftings. And, and you understand now, this is, the church is new. It's pretty new at this time. They are learning about spiritual giftings and, and that they were learning that, that all of them, everybody in the church was in somehow gifted. They were gifted to work in the body of Christ. Everybody who's saved is gifted, got some kind of gift. Now, now, now let me take a moment, explain how the body of Christ works. Let me explain. I heard Sister Reeves the other night teaching, and we're going to get into some of this. She's saying, we don't argue about the Bible, but if you believe something, you ought to know why you believe it. hear me? You ain't going to go nowhere arguing with nobody about what's right, what's wrong, but don't go around talking about you believe something and they ask you why you believe it and you don't know. You need to know why you believe. What you believe. Here it is right here. Here it is. Here it is. When a person is converted, the moment a soul believes on Jesus Christ, that person is baptized. By the Holy Ghost. The moment I believe. If you don't believe that, look at chapter 12, verse 13. The moment I believe, moment I believe and confess him, the moment I believe on him, that moment I am baptized by the Holy Spirit. Now, when I, I say being baptized right there, don't confuse that with water baptism. I ain't talking about that. That's, that's an act of obedience. That's... That's my first act of obedience, but, but, but I, I'm baptized by the Holy Spirit. You ain't got to sit around waiting on it. You hear me? I'm talking about what we believe. Now, I ain't talking about nobody to talk about what I'm talking about. Just so that we know what we believe. So, you know, it's not like I got to sit around waiting on it. You know, if I am saved, if I have believed on, on Jesus Christ at that moment, his precious Holy Spirit comes into my life. You receive, now that is the gift. Y'all hear me? That is the gift. And, and, and the reason we call it a gift, somehow Peter referred to it as a gift. And the reason Peter called it a gift was because you remember in John 14, when, John, when Jesus was on his way out, he says, I go to prepare a place for you and I'm coming back to receive. He said that I'm going to give you a comforter which is the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you a comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. All right? That's what Jesus said. So since Jesus says, that I'm going to give it to you, Peter was there when the Holy Spirit came. He knew he didn't pay for it, so Peter called it a gift. Are y'all hearing me? Now that confuses a whole lot of folk when folk going around talking about the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's a gift. We call it a gift because Peter called it a gift. Because Jesus says, I'm going to send it to you. He sent it. Nobody paid anything for it. So it really was a gift. Peter referred to it. Jesus didn't refer to it as a gift. Peter referred to it as a gift. Are y'all following me? says, so You receive the gift. Of the Holy Spirit. And when you receive that gift now, you are a part of the body of Christ. When I receive that gift, when I confess him, I receive that gift now, I am in the church. You know, a lot of folks say, well, I don't go to church. Well, you know, the church is in you. You're the church. You just forsaken coming yourself together. But if you believe you are the church, and you ought to do at least something the Bible says. Oh, you hear me? So now, you're part of the church. The moment I receive him, now, 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 let me get this, let me get this, let me get this. The, 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 you're in the body of Christ. You are born again. That, that's the that point. Now, let me, let me, let me. You've just been born. That, that Holy Spirit at the same time equips you if that same, all is going on right at the same time. You receive that Holy Spirit and you are equipped with a particular gift that you will use to help the body work. Are y'all hearing me? Some people have one. Some people have more than one. I have yet to see anybody with all of them. Some people think they do. Are you hearing me? But at that moment that I accept Him, I am given, now get this, yeah, Peter talked about the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now I'm talking about gifts. See, the gift of the Holy Spirit is, uh, yes, that that the, the gift of the Holy Spirit is what you get when you are saved. That's the gift of salvation. But now we're talking about gifts. It's what you use in the body of Christ. It's what you use uh, yeah, to help the body function. Those are the gifts of the spirit. Now, let me go on and straighten this out. Because you are a babe in Christ, when you're born again, See, ain't nobody born grown in the church. Okay, if you're 80 years old, if you just being born, and you, you're given gifts right then. You ain't got to wait on no gifts. Yeah, yeah. You're given what you're going to have at birth. When a baby is born, that baby is not born with two fingers and go back at three years old and get three more. Are y'all hearing me? When a baby is born, it's not born with one kidney and later on in life get another one. When a baby is born, got everything it's going to have. Are y'all hearing me? Here's the thing, yeah, it got it, you, baby got hands, but they don't know how to use them. Got it? Got feet, can't walk, but if you nurture them, if you feed them, are y'all hearing me? Yeah, they ain't going to get no most stuff, but they'll learn how to use. That's why you gotta go to Bible study. That's why you gotta learn. That's why you gotta be nurtured so that you can what God has given you, you know how to use it. Are y'all following me? Am I, am I making any sense? Paul. So so the way Paul put it was was though there is one body, there are many members. So when you are saved, you you become a member. You become a part. You ain't the body. (laughs) You are a part of the body. Let's let's take it right out of the word since we're right. Let's just stay right. Let's Let's go to chapter 12, verse 4. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are differences in the administration of but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, by the same Spirit to another faith, by the same Spirit, to another the gift of healing, by the same, are y'all following me? By the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning spirit, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of the tongue, but all these worketh that one are the, by one other the self same Spirit. Dividing to every man severally at his will. Are y'all hearing me? So whatever your gifting is, whatever, and we believe in all the gifts, but whatever gift you got, you ain't got nothing to brag about it. He gave it to you. You didn't work for it. You didn't earn it. It is what the spirit of God gave you. Are y'all hearing me? So you ain't got no business boasting over what you can do in the church. If it wasn't for the Holy Ghost, you couldn't do anything. He gave it to you. Are y'all following me? But here is the problem. Here's the problem. As they were learning about these giftings, as they were learning about these giftings, because of the way they had been in the world and they were bringing that into church, they were coveting what they thought was the best gifts. Hey, you know, that looked pretty good, you know. Somebody up speaking in tongues, or somebody got this gift of knowledge and just up speaking all this stuff. So everybody was saying, wow, that's wow, wow. And, and so now there are people who, who are gifted, but they don't have those gifts. And so now they are coveting, they are a coveting of what they thought was the best gift. Not so, and here's the problem, not so that they could better glorify God, uh, not so that it could be a greater service, but yeah, they, they wanted those gifts so that they could be seen. Oh, y'all hear me? They wanted those gifts so it would appear that they were closer to God than the rest of the folk. Y'all hear me? See, the Corinthians, they love gifts of tongues and gift of knowledge and prophecy and that gave them the opportunity to get up and show off publicly. So Paul, he is writing and explaining to them that, 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 that all the gifts, every gift is just important as any other gift. That no matter what your gifting is, once you figure out what it is and once you know what it is that, that God has given you to work with, that gift is just as important as any other gift. There ain't no big gifts and little gifts. y'all following me? And he explains it. He uses an example of the body. That's when he talks about the human body. He's trying to help them understand. He look at chapter verses 14 through 17. He's trying to help them understand. He says for the body, he's trying to compare the church, the church to the human body. He said for the body is not one member, but many. That's verse 14, 15, If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing come from? If the whole, are y'all hearing me? If the whole were hearing, where would the smelling come from? But now has God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it, as it has pleased him. Y'all seeing this? Yeah. Every member of the body is important. There ain't no big eyes. And little, you see. It's amazing. Everybody wants to be that beautiful part. Are you hearing me? Everybody would choose to be a beautiful face, beautiful hair. So everybody can brag on how beautiful it is. But where would the hair and the face be if there was no heart that you can't see at all? Are you hearing me? Every part of the body is important. If you don't believe it, you stump your little toe. (laughs) Are y'all hearing me? you don't believe it, you hit your little toe. That, that's the most extreme part of your body, the smallest thing on there. But you, you, you hit that on something. Your whole body <laughs> will immediately go into action just because your little toe. Oh, hear me. Let me walk you through it. You hit your little toe and your nerve system gets involved. Your nerve runs a a message up to your brain and say, look, something is going on down there. Are y'all hearing me? Your brain sends a message to your eyes and say, eyes, look and see what's happening. Your eyes look down there. At the same time, it's sending a message to your hand. Say, why don't you rub your... Are y'all hearing me? All that's going on. And then it sends a message to your mouth. And if you're saved, you say, Ouch. Paul Paul ends his conversation as he ends his conversation by showing them he shows them something he says uh, the church is in a mess over this gifting and y'all are claiming stuff and trying to be bigger than others and trying to be more than others but Paul he ends this conversation by saying to them that there's something greater than giftings That's why we're getting right to the text here. He said, that's something greater. Y'all, y'all are concerned over who can do what and how they do it. He said, but what I want you to know is that there's something either, even greater than gifts. As a matter of fact, Paul wanted them to know that no matter how gifted they were, their gifts were worthless unless they learned this next lesson. Uh, y'all hear me? And that's when Paul says, let, let me show you a more excellent way. That's where I wanted to get to right there. Paul says, y'all are falling out and fussing about gifts, and who can do this, and who can do that. He said, but let me show you a more excellent way. Come here, let me show you something. Come here, let me show you something. That, yeah, yeah, That's when Paul takes them over to chapter 13. <laughs> that's where I wanted to get to right. You see, we get now a clearer understanding of 1 Corinthians 13. I know, I know we, we, we use it at weddings. <laughs> and it's all right. It, it, it fits. We, we use it, though I speak with the tongues of men, we read it at weddings. And we talk about it's the love, ch- and it is the love chapter. It is. will talk about love. But Paul wasn't at no wedding when he read this. <laughs> Paul was trying to straighten out a mess in the church. Are y'all hear me? He says, uh, yeah, I know you're struggling over gifts. You're trying to get the greatest gifts, but let me show you something better than gifts. Let me show you a more excellent way. Now we get a clearer picture of what Paul is saying when he begins to write in chapter 13. Listen to him saying, he says, you are falling out over tongues. Oh my, who can speak in tongues? Paul says, though I speak with the tongues of men, And even if I could speak like angels, even if I spoke with the tongue of men and of angels, he says, uh, if I don't have love, is that in your book? I can speak in tongues. uh, Yeah, I I can sound good. uh, Even if I could talk like the angels. Paul says, uh, if I don't have love, uh, yeah, all I'm doing is making noise. That's what he said. Sounding breaths, a tinkling cymbal. He says, all you're doing, if you don't have love in your heart, you're just making noise. And if you got the gift of prophecy and you got all powers and you can understand all mysteries and you got all the knowledge in the world. He says, even if I had the gift of faith so that I could remove mountains, if I don't have any love. It's right there in the book. If I don't have love, none of that means a thing. Are y'all hearing me? Paul is setting the house in order. You all are arguing over something that don't mean anything. uh, And I'm trying to show you that if love is not there, it really doesn't matter what kind of gift you got says even if I, even if I have, have give everything I got to feed the poor and even uh, if I give my body to be burned, if I don't have love, uh, I'm just doing something It doesn't profit me at all. He goes on to describe what real love looks like. While, while you're arguing about gifts and who can do what, he said, let me show you what love looks like. He said, love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Love is never rude. And then most of all, love never ends. Are y'all hearing this? Paul goes on to let us know that the greatest thing in this world, you see, you might have a gift of prophecy, but they cease. Are y'all hearing me? You may have a gift of prophecy, Paul said that ceases. You may have, yes, uh, he says, uh, you may have the gift of tongue, but guess what? They, yeah, All of that's going to vanish away. Are y'all hearing me? He said, but, but, but one thing, love will survive everything. Love will always be around. It's amazing how we spend all our time fussing and arguing over something that ain't going to be around no way. It's going to perish or it's going to vanish away, but love will always. Love will always be there. My brothers and sisters, I find that in most cases in the church of the living God, the missing element is love. I've learned that the missing element in in most of our churches is not folk who are smart, folk who can do stuff. What is missing is love. And my brothers and sisters, uh, my question, it, it, it may be, it is, and I got to go back. And it's all right for Tina Turner to ask the world. And don't sit here and act like you don't know Tina Turner. It's all right for her to ask the world what love got to do with it. That might be a valid question for the folk out in the world. But I need to tell you that in the church, Love got everything to do with it. Are y'all hearing me? Here in the body of Christ, love has everything to do. Are y'all hearing me? It was nothing but love that caused God to give his only son to die on a cross for you? are y'all hearing me? It was nothing but love that caused Jesus to hang down on the cross never saying a dying word it was nothing but love that kept him from coming down don't know about anybody else but I'm glad that he would not come down from the cross to save himself but love made him to decide to stay right there and die for me, he died out of love, laid him in a bar return but early Sunday morning are y'all hearing me love got him up with all power in his hand. are y'all hearing me oh my brothers and sisters I'm I, 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 I'm a little, I take a step further than the songwriter the songwriter wrote a beautiful hymn he says I was sinking deep in sin far from the peaceful shore I was very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the faith, he heard my despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted me. Now safe am I. Now that's a pretty song. That's a pretty song. Some beautiful words, some nice words, but the truth of the matter is, uh, let's be real about it. We were not sinking. We were sunk. And dead on the bottom are y'all hearing me? Oh, go on and sing it. It's alright. It's a beautiful song to sing, but you need to know what your condition really was. You were not sinking. You were sunk and you were dead on the bottom but the the, the results are still the same. Love lifted me. Are y'all hearing me? Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love. Love lifted What has love got to do with it? In the church, love has everything to do with it. Don't, don't show me your gifts. Don't, I don't even want to see your gifts if you can't show love. I, I, I don't even need to know you got one until I can see. Until I can see love. What's missing in the church? That's a missing element. It must be in the church of God. We've got to restore love into the house of God. Really doesn't matter what else you can do or how many gifts you think you got. If you can't love, if you don't have that, Paul says, let me show you a more excellent way. And today, I offer you a more excellent way. The life that you now live if you're trying to live it without Jesus, it's not working. The Bible tells me that if thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. He wants to save somebody right up in here today. If you're unsaved, I want to give you an opportunity. I want to give you an opportunity to come. I want to give you an opportunity to give your life over to him. Let him begin his work in your life. If you're here, let me just invite you to come. Let me invite you. Let me invite you to move this morning. Won't you come? If you're unsaved, come. If you're already saved, don't have a church covering. You need to be moving now. You need to be moving. You need a church home. Somebody ought to be moving. Yeah, yeah, yes.